With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. Um, the big news, of course, is that Leicester City are out of the Champions League. Um, a spirited one-all draw with Atletico Madrid at the King Power Stadium last night um, was good, but it wasn't enough to overturn that uh, one-goal deficit from the first leg. Um, and Leicester City's European adventure is over. Um, with me is uh, Jordan Blackwell, my uh, Leicester Mercury colleague. Jordan, um, how do we reflect on that campaign as a whole? Are we disappointed? Are we proud? Are we gutted? How, how are we feeling? I think you have to be proud uh, overall because, um, because it wasn't really expected that Leicester would get that far. Uh, I think given the group they had, I think it was probably expected that, that they could get out of it and, and reach the knockout stages. But um, going into the competition, I don't think that would have ever been, ex- that ever would have been expected. Um, to get past Sevilla uh, and reach the last eight was, it was a massive achievement. So I, I don't think you can, can be too disappointed, uh, and particularly going out to a team like Atletico, who were last year's runners-up. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the main kind of feeling was was pride, really, about how how well they've done. Um, those last four minutes of of stoppage time, where everyone knew that it was mm. coming to an end, and they weren't going to get the two goals they needed, and the fans were were basically just just trying to eke out as much joy as they could out of those final those final few moments. Um, it always felt like it was going to be more difficult to turn them over than Seville. Yeah. Simeone was never going to let his team get overall by the situation. And why would they? They've been to two finals in in three years. They are masters at doing what they what they did. Um, and as soon as they took the lead, it felt like it could just be a bit of a procession. I mean, that, 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 I mean, for the second half of that first forty five minutes, they just went into autopilot, didn't they? I mean, they, they just they killed the game off. They kept the ball. Leicester didn't could hardly get a touch. So. It felt like it, it might fizzle out in a way we didn't want to see it. But, in fairness, Leicester came back out. Uh, the goal from Jamie Vardy it set up a very exciting 15-minute spell where we thought that maybe, just maybe, there's something in it. Yes, yeah, so I think that that was the, the moment of yesterday's game. Um, you know, it was such a thrill to see such an exciting game. Because uh, I think coming into it, I think you, you, everyone knew about Atletico and how they play, and they were in the they were in the the winning position, leading one 0 so they could play how they wanted to. But the Leicester rattled them, and they they forced them to to really defend deep, uh, particularly during that 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 first period of the uh, of the second half. Um, yeah, was was really exciting to see. Um, I just think Leicester needed obviously after Vardy's goal, they had the the shot with Ujoa that mm. was blocked, and then Vardy had his, which he sort of scuffed, and that was blocked as well. Um, and I think once those two chances went begging, I think Atletico sort of settled down a little bit and became the side that, we, that we've seen and the, the side that, that have got to the two finals in the past three years. Uh, and they just they just coped really everything with, with ease. Um, Leicester did throw bodies forward. They only were camped in, uh, in Atletico's half for, for much of that second half. Um, but the likes of Godin and, and Jimenez and, and Savic just just cleared everything fairly comfortably. And if they didn't clear it, they got a block in there. So um, 
yes, it was it was really exciting, and that that was a a, a great uh, half for Leicester. Um, but I wasn't particularly surprised that it that it wasn't enough. No, um, and I think that the, I was talking to quite a lot of the national journalists that were there afterwards, and the the general consensus was that any other team, um, whether it be even the kind of like Barcelona or Real, um, any other team under that pressure that Leicester put them in that 15-minute spell, most others would possibly have crumbled under that pressure, um, as it was Atletico being that dominant team that they are. They they creeped. They didn't crumble. They they just creeped a little bit. But I thought it was it was quite touching and quite revealing um, to what Diego Simeone said afterwards, where he said that Leicester were a pleasure to play against and that they never let their heads drop and, and that they were they were scared all night by how much how much danger Leicester could pose to them. So uh, I thought that was quite revealing, really, as to how well Leicester have done and against arguably the best defensive side in the world. Um, but with that in mind, with Atletico going through, how do you see the rest of the tournament panning out? Have Leicester lost to the eventual champions? Um, I would like to see them win it, um, only because you know they've they've had that that disappointment of, of losing twice in the final um, to their local rivals Real as well. Um, I think they I think they could get past any team but Real. I think it, there's it's almost a little bit of a, a mentality thing that they're almost like the the overlooked little brothers of, of Real, and I think you know we've had those two finals where they've they've lost very narrowly. Uh, one on penalties, one in extra time, and I think whether that's a, a you know a, a mentality thing that they've not managed to beat them um, in, in the Champions League um, that that could be a factor if they if they do draw them. Um, but as regards to the other two teams, we were speaking before that the the, uh, the other fixtures in in the competition, but you'd expect probably Juventus and Monaco to go through. Um, I think Atletico would be good enough to stop. Monaco in their um, their attack. I know they've they've scored you know hundreds of goals uh, this season uh, in 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 France and in the Champions League, um, but they seem good enough defensively to stop them. Uh, Juventus that would be an interesting tie. Um, both very good defensively, um, but certainly I think Atletico are are certainly worthy of being in the last four. They're probably worthy of being in the final, and I would like to see them win it. Yeah, it's strange really because. Of- with all the history with Leicester losing to Atletico in European competitions, that's about the third time now Leicester been knocked out by Atletico, and all the all the goings on of last twenty years ago, and all the the fast that happened there, I'm surprised that I feel as positively about Atletico Madrid as I do. Um, I would I would love to see them go on to win it now, especially seeing videos of uh, Atletico Madrid fans chanting Leicester song, chanting Leicester songs after the final whistle. Um, which I thought was a really kind of a, a lovely touch. So yeah, I would like to go and um, see them actually. I think I think that would be good. Um, and it's always nice to say that you went out to the event, the eventual champions. Yes, yeah. um, but so with that in mind, though, um, do we feel that this is the end of Leicester's European campaigns for a while, or do we feel that because they've shown, haven't they? They've shown that they can compete with Europe's best. They've they've unbeaten at the King Power Stadium in the whole competition. That's a Two-time European champion in Porto came here and lost. The last, the winners of the last three Europa leagues has come here and lost. And now uh, the team that's been in the final two years out of three has come here and failed to win. So let's have shown they can do it. 
can they get back into European competition? I, I think it, it's certainly a possibility. I don't think you, you, you need to rule that out. I think because you can get into the Europa League through winning a cup competition, which is more than possible um, for this Leicester team, uh, particularly maybe over the next couple of seasons when they'll have the, those young players in the squad will be, will be progressing a little bit more and they won't have... Um, the, they won't have a European competition to, to concentrate on, so they could perhaps focus on the League Cup or, or the, uh, the FA Cup. Um, so I think that's certainly possible that Leicester could have a, another Europa League campaign within the next three or four years. Um, whether they will get into the Champions League again, I, I think that, that would be extremely difficult. I think the, the top six, I know Leicester obviously won the league, um, but the top six seems like such a, a closed shop, and I think Leicester winning the league is... is reinvigorated those six teams a little bit because they now know that they can't get complacent because the teams behind them will catch them up. Um, so I think that will be very hard to break through and I actually think Leicester would have a better chance of qualifying for the Champions League by winning the Europa League. Um, but it's obviously that's a, a long way yeah. from where we are now. Um, but I think uh, it's certainly possible that, that Leicester could play in the Europa League again maybe in the next five years. Mm, um, uh, especially because... Uh, with how they're playing on the Shakespeare, so so reminiscent of how they played last season on their way to the title, and if you kind of it's all if buts and maybes. But if you look at it and think, well, if they could play like this over the course of a whole season next season, who knows how high they can get? Because they're already up to kind of pushing towards the top half in the short period of time under Craig Shakespeare. Um, I suppose the worry that they've got now, I suppose, is that because these players have had a taste of Champions League football and European football and they've shown that they can compete at that level, how much of a um how difficult is it going to be for Leicester to maintain the play to keep the players who maybe have seem to be picked off by, by teams with European football? Um I don't think it will be too difficult to be honest. I think um certainly I think they've they've shown that they can obviously can compete at a European level, but I think there there will be lots of players at other Premier League clubs that are outside um, the, the the big six teams uh, that would be able to compete at a European level. Uh, I think most other clubs would consider Leicester's players' performances over a league season rather than just in a few European games. Um, so I'd, I don't think necessarily um, in the league they've not performed as well as they did last season. So the likes of uh, the likes of Mares and, and Vardy in particular might not attract so much interest um, this coming summer. Uh, certainly, I think if there, if there was interest, I think I think they would want to move to a, a European club. But whether that comes uh, is certainly less likely, I would say, than than last summer. Um, and I think I don't think they'll be too fussed about staying at, at Leicester because. You know they have the potential to be a, a top ten regular in the Premier League, yeah, exactly, which, yeah. which is you know which is certainly a good place to be. And I think that we you know when you when you see the likes of Jordan Shakiri playing at Stoke, and I think it's clear that the Premier League can a, a, attract top players, and that even if you're playing a team outside the top six, I think you're playing in a really good league against really good teams all the time, um, with the potential to win trophies. So I I don't think there'll be. I don't think there'll be too much trouble keeping most of keeping most of the squad together. No, I, I, strange if I, I agree in a kind of perverse way in the sense that cause they've done so well in the Champions League, um, and they've kind of re found that uh, togetherness that they had 
last season, both in the league and in the Champions League. Um, it feels like the players are so tight as a group, but they can also go, oh, hang on, if, we, if, I, if I stay here now, maybe next season we can have a go at getting into European competition because we've shown we can, we can do it there. So I feel that they might feel like they want to stay because they could get European football again, so there's no initiative to go. And also, even if bids do come in, I know we've spoken to Craig Shakespeare about it before with speculation with Wilfred and Didi, bids can come in, but they can always, they can always turn them down. Which kind of brings us on, actually, to to Craig Shakespeare and how he's how he's taken to management at the highest level of club competition because, as we touched on earlier, Athletic Madrid looked so dominant in that first half after taking the lead. It felt as though the game could just drift by Leicester. But at half-time, he made his double substitution, brought Yuzhera and Chilwell on, took, uh, took Ben Lawan and Okazaki off, he moved to three at the back, and it made a made a, a big difference. Yeah, and I think that that's really positive, certainly from Shakespeare's... Um... You know his push to to get the job beyond the summer. I think th- that's a, a big deal that he's managed to to rattle one of the best defensive teams um, in the world. Um, the changes really did work. Um, Chilwell and Albrighton managed to find lots of space and they managed to get crosses in. Not the most obvious of changes either. Really. No, no, it wasn't. No, and I think you know he did take a gamble. It wasn't um, it wasn't a slight tweak. It was a, it was a, a proper change. He made two uh, changes, bringing on uh, Chilwell and Ujoa. Um, it did change change Leicester's approach completely, um, and it and it worked. And I think if you can watch a game of football and make those changes and then be successful, I think that shows that you you have some kind of tactical nous and you you, you understand the game. Um, I think there's, there'll be managers that that will know a little bit about football as well and they'll set up their team. Their team won't be doing too well but they won't know what to do when they can see it in front of them and, and also they might be a, a little bit worried about making changes. Shakespeare showed uh, on Tuesday night that he wasn't worried about gambling, he wasn't worried about uh, about making changes um, and he wasn't worried about you know committing men forward. Um, obviously, circumstances, Leicester had to win but I had to get three goals but um, yeah it, I was really impressed with um, with the way Leicester played and, and how uh, Shakespeare got them to play that way um, so f- in my opinion I, I would be more than happy for him to, to have the job beyond the summer even at this stage with six games to go this season uh, I would be happy for him to, to take uh, to lead the team into next season um, I, yeah I, I completely agree I don't see what more he could have done over his games in charge of the Premier League and also in the Champions League to show that he is the right man to take the club forward. He's, as we've said all along, he's, he knows the players really well. They all have a lot of time for him. They respect him. He's able to bring unity to the team, to the squad. And he's always been re- well-renowned as being a coach. And of course you would be if you get headhunted by Sam Allardyce to help in coming to the England setup, even if it was only for one game, so he's always been well renowned as a coach. The difference in management obviously becomes when you are the decision maker who has to make those decisions at the key moments in time, and also deal with us pesky journalists. And he's done that. He's done that side of it brilliantly because a lot of his press conferences have been under high pressure and in the biggest games, and he's always handled them calmly, made jokes, and given journalists enough to hang their headlines on. We're also defended players at times and he's not given too much away and then 
like you say, he's, it would have been easy potentially to give it a little bit longer before making any changes. Um, but he acted swiftly and 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 it worked. I, I thought that was really good. And so yeah, the only concern that has been in the past is whether he's seen as a big enough name for the owners um, to come in as a manager. But to be honest, watching the way they're playing and watching Shakespeare, how quickly and and naturally he's taken to management, I can't see why there should be any reason why he doesn't get the job um, on a on a permanent basis. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I think on that note, we'll um, wrap up the podcast for uh, for this weekend. We'll be back next week to preview the um, Premier League game at Arsenal, which has got loads of other connotations for how Leicester lost there last year uh, on a big turning point towards winning the title. But um, check back with us on our um, Facebook page and our website for everything um, regarding Leicester City and we shall speak to you soon.